Hey mama, do you find yourself wishing you knew you were on the right path with your business or wanting to know how to do it all as a work at home mom and entrepreneur? If you struggle with imposter syndrome, mom guilt, or fear of failure, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Alexia, a Christian mindset coach, passionate about teaching moms how to renew their minds to find success both in business and motherhood. You can overcome the negative thoughts holding you back from fully stepping into your calling. I know what it's like to worry your business will never work, to feel mom guilt every time you work on your business, to realize your mindset is hindering you, but not knowing how to change it in a Christ-centered way. I created the Mom with a Calling podcast to teach you how to use the powerful combination of God's Word and proven mindset strategies to help you break free from negative, paralyzing thoughts and gain clarity and confidence to go where God is leading you. As you step out of the old way of thinking and into God's way, you'll find more peace, joy, and purpose. Pop in those earbuds and get ready to let God work in you so he can work through you. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm actually bringing you an amazing interview. But before I share that with you, I want to let you know about two things. So first, I just did a free training featuring three secrets for how to follow your calling to own an online business without fear, doubt, and worry holding you back anymore. So I loved seeing the insights and revelation that people were having during this training. If you're a Christian entrepreneur, then this training is for you. Seriously, it's for everybody. The replay is going to be up until Saturday night, October 7th at 11 p.m. CST. That's tomorrow if you're listening to this live from, well, I guess you could be listening to it tomorrow. So it's it's soon. So if you want that link, head to mamawithacalling.com slash training and the replay link will be sent over to you. Second is I announced a new coaching program, the Called and Confident Entrepreneur, that I am so excited about. The This coaching program is powerful. It is going to provide insight and revelation like I've already seen it work in the lives of my clients. So I am looking for two women to go through this program and act as case studies. And in exchange, I'm offering it at a super discounted price. So there are two spots, but it's not a group like it'll be one on one, high touch support as we go through this program together. And this program focuses on the five steps that you need to take in order to identify mindset blocks, replace those with biblical truth, get clear on your calling and finally have the confidence to actually step into your calling by taking spirit led action in your business. So no more spinning your wheels, no more letting all those emotions keep you stuck. You're going to work through those and then actually start taking action in the direction of where God's leading you, not just all over the place. So this is the missing piece that you've been searching for. It's not another business strategy or someone telling you what your business is supposed to look like or what you should do for your business. This is you getting clear on what God's calling you to do so you can actually do it. So if you're even a little bit interested, I would love to get on a no pressure call with you to just talk about your business, your goals, and see how I can help you. If you're feeling led to do this at all, then I don't want fear, money, or time to get in the way. We will figure something out. So just go ahead and book a call and we can just talk. To do that, go to mamawithacalling.com slash discovery call, all one word. I'll put that link in the description. Remember, there are only two spots. So if you're interested at all, I don't want you to miss out. I'd love to connect with you and just talk to you a little bit about that. Okay, now for the interview with Justin Janowski from Faith to Influence. 
All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom with a Calling podcast. Today, I have Justin Janowski on the show. He is going to talk to us about money, mindset, and sales as Christian entrepreneurs, which is really important. Justin, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Alexia. I'm happy to be on the show. Yeah. So I want to introduce you a little bit. I got a little bit to read here. So Justin has helped hundreds of coaches is not letting me click the thing. Okay. Justin has helped hundreds of coaches build their dream businesses from the ground up driven by his faith. He founded faith to influence you guys may have heard of him to help people learn what it takes to turn coaching into a profitable business venture. Justin has guided Christian and non-Christian coaches alike through the rewarding process of optimizing business models, pricing, and sales strategies so that they can scale their income alongside their impact. He has a passion for sharing this process with emerging entrepreneurs to help them simplify and grow their businesses the right way. That sounds great. Justin currently lives in Milwaukee with his beautiful wife, Kara, and their beautiful, playful kiddos and beautiful Grace and Gavin. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Okay, so to get us started, can you share about your story and how you got to where you are today talking about what you talk about? Yeah, so I, I've been in sales since I was 18. I sold Cutco kitchen knives. I did in-home presentations with like my friend's moms uh, when I was 18, sat at the kitchen table, sold an expensive kitchen product. I did that for four years, goofy job for some people, but for me, I loved it. I learned a lot. I did a little bit of business to business sales after that and then got into financial planning. And along the sales journey, I had hired a couple of coaches. So I hired Hal Elrod as my first coach in 2009. He wrote the book, The Miracle Morning, which a lot of people know. And then later uh, hired Ben Skemper to be my coach. And as Ben was coaching me, I realized, man, I really wanted to do what he was doing. I really wanted to be a coach. I felt like God called me to that work. And I, I made the bold decision to quit my job the next day from like having this like kind of experience where I felt like God like gave me a message, maybe the first time in my life, like just a bold, clear message. And uh, I quit my job and decided to become a coach. And I had the opportunity to work with my coach. I, I had like one month on my own. I made my first four sales uh, into my coaching practice, one-on-one -on -one coaching. And Ben said, hey, we're going to grow our business. There were three co-founders. He said, we could use a salesperson. Why didn't you come work with us? And, and I wanted to learn more about coaching and how to build a business. And so I decided to accept that opportunity. Excuse me. I worked with them for a few years building their business, but they were a very spiritual, uh, personal development-based coaching business without being Christian, which is kind of cool in the marketplace. It's a popular thing. Spiritual, woo. You know, they they talked about God, but talked about him with different names like the universe or the weaver or source and, and things like that that you may or may not have heard. Uh, the weaver is really the Holy Spirit. So the whole time I was able to kind of contextualize myself and it wasn't quite like this at the beginning of the organization, but it grew more and more into that. And I just felt like God wanted me to bring like a Christian version where God was on the forefront and was shared by his name, God and Jesus and that sort of thing. And, and so I remember my wife and I had our first baby, giving you a little bit of a long answer, but I'll wrap it up soon. Okay. Uh, Gra Grace was born and we took three weeks. I took three weeks off of work. My wife decided she was going to work from home for Grace's first year and <laughs> trust because my income was now with a startup company, like earning enough that I could provide. And on my second day back to work, I had a conversation with somebody who was a client of ours. And he just told me, he thought if somebody of a Christian nature 
came into this community, they'd be drawn away from Jesus. He had been to the last like live conference, live retreat event uh, that they were holding. I wasn't there because of the pregnancy. And that's what he said. And I was like, oh gosh, that's, that's intense. So I had to really think about that. And I, I felt like as he said it, it, it was true. And so I called my wife and told her, I think I need to quit my job, start my own business. And this is second day back after, after three weeks of paternity and a new baby. My wife was super successful, psychology teacher at the Air Force Academy. She's trusting me to provide. And here I am trying to quit my job on the second day. So that was pretty emotional and scary. And we talked about it, prayed about it. I didn't quit the next day like I had the last time God gave me a message like this. Uh, but after a month, decided to start Faith to Influence. And I remember it being scary. And I remember it feeling like intimidating and hard at certain points. So I can relate to like the new entrepreneur and, you know, the new parent maybe who wants to get into building a business and, and some of the challenges of that. But even as scared as I was, like God just kept blessing the business as I moved forward. And we did over $250,000 in collected revenue my first year. I was working with Christian men, entrepreneurial like men's group, and then realized that a lot of Christian coaches wanted to figure out like, how do we do that? And as I helped some of them, that was really fun. And so I started working with men and women, Christian coaches specifically, helping them build their businesses, uh, price their services, work on their mindsets and, and sell more in a way that feels good. And so sales has always been my thing. I love it. It's fun for me. I know that's strange to most people and a lot of uh, coaches and entrepreneurs struggle with that piece. And so that's what I help people with now. I love that story. And there are so many successful people that started with Cutco. I can't remember yeah. that, like I've heard the stories of different people and I'm like, what is it about Cutco? But I think it's that it teaches that sales yeah. and that persistence. And they do apparently really great training um, yeah. in the sales process that I've heard about that, um, that really that led you to do this. And I love how, I mean, isn't it cool how God works? Like you went one direction, but sort of feeling like, okay, this is spiritual, but it's not Christian. And I did the same thing. I ended up kind of not the same thing, but like in new age type things, mm -hmm. listening to people talking about like mindset and just teachers in the entrepreneur space and talking all about woo stuff. And at the time I had been out of church for a while and I was just kind of like, that's God. I'm just going to put God mm -hmm. in the middle of that. And mm -hmm. then I realized like, why are, why are we as Christians not louder than them? Like if we <laughs> have the truth and if we, like, why are they even looking more successful? And I think it has to do with what you're doing, which is that there's this fear around money and sales yeah. and honestly like growing business and stuff. And so I think that'll be a really good, um, it's really great to have you on. Cause I know that this is a huge pain point yeah. for so many of the Christian people who want to start businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it really comes down to our stories. And a lot of us have old disempowering stories about money and about sales that prevent us from wanting to earn more and prevent us from getting on sales calls and making more sales and growing our businesses and, and really hold us back. And, you know, the, the old story that people sometimes have about money is that money is the root of all evil. And the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. In other words, making it an idol, making it the most important thing, loving it the way we're supposed to love our neighbors and love God, that becomes a problem. And there's no question mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people in the world, Christian and not, who have placed too high of a priority on money, have made an idol of it. And, you know, that's that's been a problem. And there are also, you know, other stories that people sometimes have about money, which is like, people who have money are jerks or people who have a lot of money are greedy or they're not giving enough or, 
you know, things like that, or just some kind of guilt or concern somehow about having money. But the truth is, money can be a tool for significant good. Money can provide interesting opportunities for our families. It can provide opportunities for us to explore and enjoy God's creation. It can provide opportunities for us to be generous with our neighbors. It can provide opportunities for us to be generous with our churches. It can provide opportunities for us to give to people in need. Uh, it can give a, us a platform and, and put us in social situations where we can give credit to God and like bring God to more people. I think God needs warriors in every single social class. He needs them in every part of the marketplace and every part of the world. Uh, he doesn't need Christians to only be serving uh, a certain social class or uh, the mission field to be the only place where we can like come and talk about Jesus. I mean, Jesus, everybody needs Jesus. And so we need to bring that to different places. And anyways, all that to say, my story about money is the more that we earn, the more we can give. And I know that my wife and I give a percentage of our earnings. We've always given between 10 and 20%. We put half in, into our church and we give half into a giving account where we can give when people say they, they have a need. Um, we recognize somebody who needs help. Like we can just give out and, and, and generously support them. And so I know that the more I earn, the more I can do of those things. I also create jobs through my businesses and I help my clients. And so I just, I don't have any resistance to making money because I, I know that it can be a good thing when I make more. And I think if more Christians had more money, uh, that we'd probably hopefully make better decisions with it. And uh, that's what I'd like to see is, is people being able to provide for their families in a way that feels good, but earn enough to be able to go well beyond that and really provide for others. Yeah, no, I love that. And one time, one time I was processing through my own money story and recognizing like, cause I have a, I grew up in poverty. So, so the idea of making a lot of money or, and a lot is totally relative. Right. I mean, right. But, and like learning that that was a thing. I mean, I really didn't recognize that that was a fact, you know, that it's relative, but yeah. I remember cleaning and all of a sudden it was like, God just whispered, like the more you make the more you tithe. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Like it is a, it can be a good thing. And so I, yeah, we have to work through our money story and figure yeah. out where that stuff comes from. Cause a lot of it isn't biblically based at all. And like, right. just like how you just said it, you know, so like it makes, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, we can do good. And like, you're saying, I love that. I never really thought about it that way, but the more money you make, you get, you interact with different people and you put yeah. yourself in different circles. That's so true. And we tend to just like stay small. And I think that has to do mm -hmm. with, you know, there's a lot in scripture about being humble, but humble doesn't mean not yeah. having well, like they're not connected. Um, yeah. And you talked about, like, you know, not wanting to be greedy. And I wrote down, like, how can you speak a little bit to the idea of making money, but not loving money? Like the mm. being like, cause as, a, as entrepreneurs in particular, we, I think it's hard because we, our business and our, like we're one in the same at first, you know, for a while. And yeah. so um, we're sort of thinking about money because we have to, it's a business, but it feels like it's us focusing on money. So can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah. Well, the reality is like an exchange of money. Like if, if you're a coach and you've got a program with a price point and you're inviting people to buy, like I know a lot of people they have a problem even with that, like even just having a real price and, and getting on a sales call and saying, hey, it costs this much. Do you want to do this? Maybe there's a part of them that thinks they should be doing it for free. But here's a reality to note is it would be a disservice to your clients to provide the work for free because the less people pay for something, 
in most cases, the less they get out of it. As far as coaching is concerned, or most things are concerned, we like to get our money's worth. The more we pay for something, the more we want to get out of it, the more we use it and value it in so many cases. So a ex simple example of this would be to say, let's imagine you were my coach and you were going to coach me on how to be a better dad. And you were doing this for free. If I couldn't make a call, I would feel really easy to just text you like, hey, I can't make it this week. And let's say your policy was we don't reschedule. You just you get a call every other week. And if you don't make it, you don't make it. Well, I'd probably miss a lot of calls if it was free. But if you were charging me a thousand dollars a month, I'd be much more likely to show up for the call because I want to get my money's worth. If you were charging me $5,000 a month, I'm not missing that call. If I pay $5,000 a month for this, I better show up and I better be like hero dad because I'm investing so much in this. Like I have to make this happen. The higher that number is, the, the more committed I would have to be to step into that program. And the more I'm going to want to get my money's worth. If I think, you know, that something's worth a hundred dollars uh, and I'm paying a hundred dollars for it, I'm going to get a hundred dollars worth of value. But if I pay a thousand dollars, I'm going to get thousand dollars worth of value. I'm going to be committed to that. If I pay 10,000, I'm going to get $10,000 worth of value. Imagine like uh, a health and fitness coach. If it's free, your buddy like wants to help you out your buddy. It's a, and listen to me just using like masculine language, your buddy, when we're talking on the, the mama's, the mama's podcast, mama with a calling, uh, your, your girlfriend is like, Hey, Hey girl, let's go to the gym. Like I got some ideas, like you might go, but it's also really easy to give up on it if it is free. But if you had already paid in advance, a hundred dollars, you're going to be more likely to go. If you paid a thousand dollars, you're going, you're getting it done. You paid $10,000, you will move mountains to be there because that's too much money to take away from your family without getting the result that you're after. And so what I know is the more I actually charge for my services, the more people will commit. They'll show up consistently. They'll take better notes. They'll actually implement what I'm coaching them on. They'll get way better results. Their lives will be changed in such a more significant way. And it's the funniest thing, but the more I charge, the easier each of those clients is to work with because mm. they are clients who are committed enough to remove all excuses about cost, about time, about whatever. If they're a yes and the ticket's high, they're in, they're committed. They're serious about solving this problem and they're going to solve it. And so I, I don't know if this exactly answers the question you asked me, but I just think it's actually a service to our clients to charge an honorable price and to be aware of what the marketplace is valuing these things at and charge enough that it stretches people. Our clients should be stretched by the price of our program because that stretch will create leverage for action and real results and real outcomes. Now, we don't. there's a difference between stretch and stress. If they're deciding between paying for this coaching program or paying a bill, it's not for them. That's what Dr. Darius told me. We do sales, partnership sales for a lot of big, big clients who are doing like million dollar plus in annual business. They hire my team to do sales for them. Dr. Darius Daniels, Pete Vargas, Pedro Deo, Ray Edwards, John Acuff, um, and, and many others. But Dr. Darius, I remember him making his offer. He's like, listen, if you're deciding between this and putting food in your mouth, it's not for you. If you're deciding between this and keeping the lights on, it's not for you. 
it shouldn't be stressing you. But our programs also don't have to be for everyone. Most coaches would be thrilled if they had 10 clients. If they had 20 clients, they wouldn't even know what to do with themselves. So we don't need to price our program for, you know, the, the million people who live in our city. We need to price it for the 10 people in the world who want to solve the problem badly enough to pay for it and are going to be committed clients and are going to get the result and are going to be stretched a little bit by it, which is a representation of their commitment to doing the work. That was great. I, I have so many questions, though, because I feel like what some of the thoughts that people would be thinking is like, number one, um, it sounds like, well, I'm just going to say, like, it sounds like you're saying that because there's an issue with pricing, like my clients, I know I've done this too. It's like care, like feeling weird about pricing something because we're mm -hmm. afraid that we're not going to have the value to match that mm -hmm. price. And sometimes it has to do with our own perceived, like I, and I, I say this all the time to clients, I'm like, you wouldn't pay for your stuff because you know the stuff that's, it's really hard to price it because we wouldn't buy it because that's, we're teaching it or whatever, like we're helping in it. Um, but like, it sounds like what you're saying, though, is kind of like the opposite. It's almost like you have to believe yes in your product. You have to believe that you can help them. But then literally you can change the price. And it's almost like the price causes them to have more of a, of a more success. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes and no um, to, to that whole statement. It definitely sounds like that's what I'm saying. Here's what I'll say. People are sometimes playing very small. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't I'm They're They're like afraid that they're not going to deliver the value. But here's the truth. If you sell something for $5,000 and you're a high integrity Christian leader who loves people, you will find a way to deliver that value. And so if we don't want to play small, like let's challenge ourselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know your listeners because I've worked with so many Christian coaches and entrepreneurs and want to be coaches and entrepreneurs who've had a dream business for years, but haven't really got it off the ground. The people who are listening to this podcast love people. Service is not the issue. Coaching and capacity is not the issue at all. It's, it's just their own mindset and they need to get out of their own way and believe in themselves. And they don't even need perfect total confidence and certainty. It's the mustard seed of faith that can move mountains, right? So we just need to believe in ourselves a little bit enough to like take some action. So what I am saying is, yes, the higher the price point, I actually believe the better you'll be as a coach and the better your client will be as a client. And the result is much more likely as we raise the price um, that, that like whatever people are, if you're coaching people on their marriage and you want to help them solve the problem, the higher the price point, the higher likelihood that they're going to solve the problem because you're going to be a better coach and they're going to be a better client. If you're helping people with their health and fitness, the higher the price point, the more likely they're going to achieve their outcome. If you're helping people with their business growth, the higher the price point, the more likely they're going to achieve their outcome because both sides will be better because of the higher price point. But I'm not suggesting that the price is just arbitrary. I know that that is the way that it probably feels to a lot of coaches like, oh my gosh, well, people just charge whatever they want and there's no reason behind it. Um, that is what a lot of people do. That's not what I would recommend. The way that uh, I help people price their programs, we call it your signature offer, the best way somebody can work with you over six or 12 months to deliver the most important and lasting outcomes for them is to take a look at piece by piece over a six or 12 month program, what would you like to include in your program? And we look at things like, do you want to include group coaching calls? Is it a group program? Do you want to include, and then if so, at what frequency, how often do you want to include those calls? And how much is one of those calls worth? 
So then what's the total value of that many calls over the course of a year? Do the same thing for one-on-one -on -one coaching. Do the same thing for live events. Do the same thing for courses or workbooks or things like that. Um, there's a number of different things. So we kind of walk through what do people typically include in the marketplace in a program? And I help people understand like what other people are charging for because we've done sales for dozens of clients and I've worked with hundreds of clients helping them with their offers. I'm pretty clear on what the marketplace charges for certain things. So I help people figure that out and inside the range, choose their price point. And one of the first things I'll say is with every single piece of a potential offer, you have to ask yourself, is this fun for me or is this heavy? So if I, you look at one-on-one -on -one coaching, I was just getting, I was, I was one minute late to our call because I was finishing a sales call with a wonderful woman I'm talking to again tomorrow who I think may join our sales school, but I was talking to her and she was telling me one-on-one -on -one coaching doesn't feel fun to her. It feels heavy. Group calls, she loves that. It energizes her. I'm actually very similar to that. So somebody who feels that way shouldn't design a one-on-one -on -one program. They're going to burn out. It's not going to be super fun for them. They should have a group-oriented program. And if they include any one-on-one, -on -one, it should be a small amount. One one-on-one, -on -one, two one-on-ones over the course of a year, or maybe one a quarter, um, something like that. But if one-on-one's super fun for you, then make that a, a big part of your program. If live events sound really fun, include that in your program. They're really impactful. If they're really heavy to you and it's going to disrupt your family and it's not for you, then don't include it. We don't need to, as coaches, include anything in our program just because we see other people do it. We can design a program that's good for us and you're the only person who's going to be in your program forever. So you better love it. You better want to execute on it. And if you get 10 or 20 clients and you're super successful, you better still love running the program. And so we need to design it for ourselves in a way that is going to give us energy and be fun so we can be at our best. But if we look at the pieces that we design in our program, I know a one-on-one -on -one coaching call in the marketplace generally goes for between $200 and $1,000 a call. And I know that's probably mind-blowing for some listeners who are afraid to charge $50 or $100 a call and have been doing everything for free for years. But that's that's what people typically charge. Now, very experienced, very successful, million-dollar-plus coaches, you can't get a call with them for $1,000. That's $5,000 or $10,000. I think Tony Robbins charges a million dollars for a call. But for new to intermediate coaches, $200 to $1,000 value per call is common. So I give people that kind of range. And let's say they were going to include... 12 one-on-one -on -one coaching calls in their program for a year uh, because they kind of like it, but they don't want too much of it. They don't want it to be too heavy. Then we'd say, okay, well, between 200 and a thousand, how much do you want to value your calls at? And so are you the economy option in the marketplace? If you valued it $200, like that's a low price option comparatively to what your peers and competitors are charging. Or are you more of a luxury model? And it's a thousand dollars with you or maybe somewhere in the middle. Let's say that though that you said, okay, well, coaching call with me is worth $300. Then I'd say, okay, group calls are usually worth, you know, between 50 and $250 per call. So maybe you say, okay, one of my group calls is worth $100 and my one-on-one's worth $300. Not what you're going to charge for it even necessarily, but what's it worth? And then let's say you want to include one live event a year in your program, one retreat for the girls, take them to an awesome place, have an amazing time. Maybe that that's typically in the marketplace valued somewhere between $500 and $5,000 would be most common. And so maybe you say, okay, my live event's worth $2,000. Okay, great. So then you've got a live event worth $2,000. You've got 12 coaching calls worth $300 each. That's $3,600. Now we're at $5,600. 
And the group calls, let's say you run 26 of them. You do one every other week of the year and they're worth hundred dollars each. So we got 2,600 there, 2,000, 2,600, 3,600. So we're at 56 plus 26, 76. That's $8,200 of the value. Right? All right. Yeah. So this is like your value stack. Mm -hmm. It's well thought out. It's defensible. You could explain to somebody why you charge what you charge. The price mm -hmm. is worth, did we say 8,600? 82. 8,200 for the year. But then you can, they're not buying one coaching call. They're not buying just one event. Like they're buying in bulk. They're going to Sam's Club or Costco. And so you can give a discount on that if you're pricing out your program. And so maybe instead of 8,200, like you sell your program for 6,000, which is $500 a month for the year. They're getting a ton of value for that. And if they pay in full for a year long program, give them two months free. If they pay in full for a six-month program, give them one month free. It's win-win for everybody to have cash flow up front. So two months free on your $6,000 program means it's only 5K if they want to pay up front. That's a great value for everything they're getting. They're going to have a group call every other week of the year. They're going to have a one-on-one -on -one every, every month of the year. And they're going to have a big live event and you're going to deliver on XYZ outcomes that they're working towards. And for most people, if you design a program like that, that was five to $6,000, most new coaches, most mamas listen to this. They want some part-time income. They want to do something meaningful. If you had 10 clients in that program, you were earning 50 or 60 grand a year. That would feel really fun. It'd be pretty easy to deliver upon. And you only need to find 10 people in the whole world who want it. If you want a six-figure income, you only need 20 clients in the whole world who are willing to pay that and are like, yes, this is for me. And you've got a six-figure income. It's actually more like 17 or 18 clients probably is um, mm -hmm. the rough math in my head guess. And so I just think it can be easier, but what, what most coaches are trying to do is like sell a, you know, $25 a month or $75 a month program or something like that. And they want to make 75,000 and they've got a $75 a month program, but they, they need to make a hundred sales this year to hit that goal. And a hundred sales at any price point is way harder to make than 10 sales. It's just, mm -hmm. it's a lot. And for people who don't like sales, they're just getting themselves into trouble. So I know I'm, I'm like talking, talking, talking. Sorry, my mind is just like going on this, Alexia. But I wanted to give some feedback on like how you might price a program and not make it arbitrary, make it actually mean something, but also recognize that the more we charge, the better we'll be and the better our clients will be. And it'll stretch both of us a little bit. But mm -hmm. that's a good thing as long as it's not stressing us. So we need to know where that point is. And a final thing I'll state is like, let's say somebody designed the program I just described. And they were like, I could never say that number out loud. That sounds so scary, which by the way, a $6,000 program, that's a low price point. Most masterminds, most group programs in the marketplace for a year are between five and 30,000. Most common is 10 or 20,000. You see that again and again and again and again for programs. So this is still an economy option uh, in the marketplace for coaching. But let's say you were just like, oh gosh, that's scary. Then then set like a, a certain number of clients, a specified amount that you'll give a discount to. If you need to, fine. Your first three clients, they get half price. It's a $6,000 program, but for my first three clients, I'm offering it for $3,000. Do you want to do this? And that breaks down to over a month, uh, on a month-to-month -month basis, you can pay $300 a month for the year. Uh, and then after three clients, raise your price, price from $3,000 to $4,500 for the next three clients but have a commitment to yourself and follow through on it. And then after you've got your first six clients, you've got kind of a thriving little community 
then go to the real price of 6,000. It pays mm -hmm. to be first. So you can have a step-up process to get to those price points. And it increases the confidence if, of the seller to yes. uh, the coach to, to understand their value. Because what I'm... <laughs> I feel like you you sold people on your fake program just in the way that you talked about it because like you you say it and I mean like what I'm hearing from it is that you're like obviously it's it's a great value like we didn't even say what it was but it's like the way and this is the sales part right which is care how you carry yourself and how you talk about it and knowing the value of it and I just I think that so many people don't, which is where I come in and helping them with the mindset. And maybe you do too in your program, but it's like helping them just even believe that they have something of value in the first place. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now how do we do sales? But you can't even, it's hard to do sales if you think that what you're offering is is nothing or it's garbage or, yeah. or that like, who's going to pay that? And you said something over and over, which I think is really important. And I know my audience will appreciate this. You said in the marketplace a number of times, mm -hmm. because you're not just, like you said, you're not just arbitrarily making these numbers up. And I think that's a big mm -hmm. question mark for so many people, especially these women that I'm talking to, because they want to know like the path, they want to know the standard, they want to understand is sometimes it's not that they're actually afraid to sell or afraid, mm -hmm. but they legitimately don't understand like how what they're having to share is valuable to someone else because they've never seen this done. Mm. They're hearing about it, but they've never participated in it or they don't understand it. So I think when you talk about marketplace value like that, it doesn't, it removes the shame because you're saying yeah. like, if you're selling cars and you're selling them for a hundred dollars a piece, everybody's going to go, what's wrong with that car. And right. so if you're saying, here's the marketplace value right. of coaching, then people are like, oh, <laughs> and then understanding that they have the right to like step into that space and do that. If you were giving me a coaching, you're absolutely right. If you were offering me a coaching call one per month for the next year to help me solve any problem, and you told me it was $150 a month. I would not hire you as a coach. I would have to hire somebody who charged more than that because like the $100 car, I would think there's there's something wrong here. There's not enough value for me to really solve this problem because I know what other people charge. And I would think that you're probably too new and inexperienced or maybe your service isn't really great or maybe you're not really committed to it. I might have some of those concerns. But here's the other thing is I believe in coaching. Not only that I believe in myself and my own offer, but I know that coaching matters. I know that coaching changes people. I know that coaching creates incredible results and outcomes and helps people, you know, find new awarenesses and new truths and process emotions and completely change and rewire the way they think, the way they show up, the way they behave. And here's the other thing I'll say. You mentioned that a lot of your people have to wonder, like some of your listeners, some of your clients that like wonder, do I even have something of value to give? Here's the truth. Most of those people who are wondering that fear sales, like they'd probably rather do anything in the world than sell. They, they, they're, they're nervous about money. They don't want to ask people for money. The idea of prospecting and reaching out to people they know to get on a sales call probably sounds like a nightmare in, in like every way possible, becoming an entrepreneur and running a coaching business where you have to sell your own service. Every single box about that for most of the people who are questioning whether or not they have something of value would suggest this is not for them. There's a tremendous amount of resistance to them moving into this business. And yet they're doing it. They're overcoming every single one of those fears, every single one of those things they don't want to do and still saying, I'm going to be a coach. 
somehow, like against all odds, against all logic, they're still trying to be a coach. They're still listening to podcasts about coaching. They're still imagining and dreaming about running their business. And it's not because running the business sounds fun. It's because God put a real calling on their heart and because they have a real value to give. If they didn't have some significant, meaningful value to give to people, God wouldn't have called them to it. And they wouldn't have said yes to the calling, knowing that they were going to have to face all their worst fears to approach fulfilling that calling. Like all the evidence in the world suggests what they have is worth a lot and it matters. And like the enemy's probably attacking them and trying to stop them from doing this. And yet they're still listening to podcasts. They're still taking the first step, at least mentally, and saying, ah but maybe I should do this. I feel like I want to build this coaching business, even though they're questioning everything about it all the time. And so that just tells me that what they have is meaningful. It's important. I was actually on a call this morning with my mindset coach. And I was talking about the fact that I get stressed out and anxious occasionally with things that are going on in my family life or my business is is right now in a really exciting place with like a lot of success recently. And it's a huge blessing, but my calendar is so full that I'm like zoom call to zoom call to zoom call. And then I'm having like, you know, I've got two toddlers at home and I'm married and I feel like so much weight of responsibility. And like, sometimes, uh, I, I get home and like my five-year-old girl who's strong personality, she's going to be an amazing woman. She's just like, we're, we're having an argument about something that just seems like the most ridiculous thing to have an argument about. My three-year-old boy this morning, I hear him and my wife like having this back and forth kind of argument. My, my wife's getting upset because he wants her to put the stool in front of the toilet for him. And the stool's right next to him and he can pick it up and put it there. He needs to move it like two feet. And she's, her back's hurting. She doesn't want to bend over and get it. And she's also like fixing like her, her makeup or brushing her teeth or something. And he's like having this back and forth. He won't just move the thing himself. These like little things that shouldn't be big things, but are becoming bigger for both of them. And I come into the bathroom and I move it for him and I put him on the toilet and he starts bawling because mom didn't move it. He didn't want me to move it. He wanted mom to move it. It wasn't even that he wanted the thing there in front of the toilet. It was that he wanted mom to put it there. Anyways, I'm like, is this really happening? This is our morning routine. This is how we're starting the day. We're all screaming and crying and getting upset about moving a stool two feet that any one of us could have moved. And I feel knots in my stomach and the knots in my stomach. I was talking to my coach about it this morning. She's like, what visually, what's it look like? And it was like, I imagine these like strings, these long purple, like almost neon strings that are like twisting themselves around each other. Like that's like the knots in my stomach as I feel myself getting frustrated and stressed about these things. And she asked me to name it. You know, this is weird stuff, right? This is a little bit woo. Um, but she asked me to name it and the letter Z popped into my head. And I, and I, she's like, well, what's the name? And I, I couldn't think of a name, couldn't think of a name. And then I said Zenith, which I, I knew that was familiar to me, but I thought maybe it was an old technology company from when I was a kid or something. So it afterwards I looked it up. Right, probably. Um, but afterwards I looked it up and Zenith is a word that means the time at which something is most powerful and successful. So it was interesting. That's what I named the knots in my stomach. And then I started to realize there is a lot of power 
in those knots in my stomach, in the nerves, in my, my, my frustration, in my fear and anxiety, like, oh my gosh, are my, is this like experience of my three and five-year-old going to be my life for the rest of my life? Like every, every parent's probably had that moment where it's like, is this really what's happening for me right now? And the stress is there, but to recognize that like that stress, that strain is actually potentially something really important, really powerful, really, it can create success because I know like it makes you want to scream. There's enough power there that I could want to scream out loud, right? Or like run through a wall. Um, there is power in it. And like, it was interesting, like God kind of gave me that word, but I, I want to just basically say this, that if we're having all of this fear and all of this anxiety and like, we're afraid of charging, we're afraid of running our business, whatever there's in all of that energy, there's a power and it might be that we're just on the verge of success. And we're like, we just need to channel that in a different direction. And we need to, you know, overcome the enemy and we need to surrender to God and say, God, this is yours. Like, if you want me to do this, this is yours. I trust you. I'm going to just take the next step and trust you and take the next step and trust you. And having a little bit of nervousness, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of uncertainty, like knots in my, I can feel the knots talking about anxiety and uncertainty, like forming in my belly right now, uh, because that was what I felt like when I was a new coach. And I remember crying the day before my first retreat, I was about to build a really successful business, had no idea and thought I wasn't good enough. And I cried. I, I, I sat in the chairs. I imagined the next day and it wasn't a positive thing. And I cried about it and thought, I can't do this. And I had to just like, let go and really like literally tell God, I surrender this to you. I can't do it, but you can do anything. And like, maybe there's power in this. And for me, the tossing and turning, the anxiousness, the fear, the self-doubt, there was power in it. And like, when it came time to do the job, as long as I was willing to put myself in the position to have real conversations with real people, God used that power to create success and create something good and to impact people. And man, I've not talked like this on a podcast. I guess I'm like wiry today, but like, I just, I just want to tell people that like, there's there's a power even in you right now, as you might be feeling self-doubt. And we just need to direct like that energy towards something else, which is to just have a loving conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not actually about you. It's about the prospect. We ask them questions, make it about them, listen to them, love them. That's what sales is. It's asking great questions and being a great listener and helping people solve problems. Mm hmm we're all for hearing the words. I mean, cause that's like, that was for somebody, I guess. And that's totally uh, welcome because I think that uh, first of all, as moms, we're all probably dealing with some kind of crazy kid story like that and just sort of processing what's happening. But what I'm hearing you say is just, I think, you know, it's like to go after, to not let those things deter us. Cause to me, that's like a I don't know if it's a spiritual attack, but it can be. It can be like a direction where you just shut down and you don't do anything. And what we really need to do is, is lean in. And like you're saying, you went forward anyway. And I think a lot of the listeners, it's like they need to hear that, to move forward yeah. anyway. And just real quick, I wanted to also touch on um, the idea of Christian, like, do you, because obviously you're a Christian and you're talking about this, but do you find that, I feel like there's a lot of resistance around not only charging for services as a Christian, but the idea of building wealth as a Christian in mm. their business. So can you talk about that? Yeah. And one line to what you were just referring to before that, which is we got to do it scared. Mm -hmm. We just got to do it scared. Whatever the action is, we have to do it scared. We do it scared enough times. It doesn't feel so scary anymore. Um, but yes, as a, as a Christian, there is, there is some resistance. 
But honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot more resistance than anyone else faces. I think everybody out, everybody faces resistance if they decide to be an entrepreneur. I think everybody faces resistance uh, if they decide to do something that requires sales. I think everyone faces resistance when they do something that puts themselves out there because all of mm -hmm. us, you know, are afraid of being rejected. All of us are afraid of being seen as not enough or having somebody not like us and that sort of thing. And so when we're doing something like coaching and really putting ourselves forward, it's scary. It requires mm -hmm. a lot of courage. It's worth it. Um, but there's, there's a lot of resistance in that. I do think that maybe as Christians, the enemy specifically would prefer to hold us down. You know, if all the Christians on earth are poor, that's probably not good for the kingdom. That's probably not really influential to non-Christians to be like, I want to be like that. Um, right. You know, it's not, it's not to say that like money is the most important thing. It's not. And we need missionaries who are doing the work, but we also need people to fund the missionaries. Mm -hmm. We need people to pay for those missions. And, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I think it's important to have Christians operating at a level of success, but I know every time I've been about to do something great and something important, it feels like the enemy attacks. And like all of a sudden I encounter like tremendous resistance right before or fear or self-doubt, et cetera, all kinds of reasons to turn back or give up. And, um, and I know that God just supports me and, and keep going. And like, it really is like, it's a continual surrender to God. Just say like, man, maybe I can't do this, but God, you can do anything and do this through me if that's your will, you know, and, and just giving it to him over and over and trying to place our worries and our fears and our concerns and our doubts in God's hands. He can hold anything. His yoke is light, you know? So I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. That's good. All right. As we're wrapping up here, what advice would you give to someone who's just getting started with their online business and they've never done sales before, like their previous career, they're yeah. kind of stepping, like you said, I love that you said that about kind of like they're continuing. To, it's almost like, that's a bad analogy. I was going to say it's like a moth going to the light, but it, it is kind of, it kind of is like we're drawn in and we don't know why. Um, yeah. And we keep trying, even if it's scary. So a lot of times it's because like they have no idea about sales because they're coming from a totally different world. Yeah. So what do they do to kind of ease in now they're realizing it's part of an online business? What advice do you have for them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually did one of my first episodes of my podcast was on this from idea to launch in your coaching business. Um, and, and the, uh, the short version of it is this, I think that there's a few things that we can do to launch our business. So if you're brand new, number one is to design your mission statement. And that would be to say, I help blank do blank. So that blank, who are you working with specifically? The narrower we are, the better. What problem are you helping them solve? And why does it matter? I help blank, do blank, so the blank. Who, what, and why does it matter? If we're clear on that, that informs everything else we do. It makes everything a lot easier and a lot more compelling. The second thing we need to do is we need to design our signature offer. Like we need to have a real, it could just be one-on-one -on -one coaching. It can be as simple as that. It doesn't have to have multiple tiers and things to it. It can be simple, but we need to have an offer with a clear price point that we've, we've decided upon uh, before we can make any sales. A lot of people get on calls and they're meeting people and they've, they've got a coaching business. They've had one for a year or two, but they don't even have a real offer or a real price. There's no chance we're going to make a sale if we don't have a real offer and a real price. And the third thing is to make sure that we're ready to collect a payment. So if we know who we're going to work with, how we're going to help them, we know the offer that we're going to help them in and what it's going to cost, we need to be ready to take a payment. To me, that means setting up an LLC, easy to do on LegalZoom.com. 
It means setting up a business checking account at any local bank or national bank uh, so that you can get paid to the business, not to your personal account. And there's separation there. Uh, and, and the third thing to be ready to take a payment is to set up like a Stripe account or payment processor. So you're not like, oh yeah, pay me on my Venmo. Um, that doesn't seem super professional to me. I'd rather be able to say, okay, how's your name spelt on your card? And collect their credit card like all reputable businesses do and uh, be able to like set somebody up for an auto pay if they want to make monthly payments instead of paying full. And you pay like 3% per transaction or a little bit more than that, three and a half percent on Stripe, but that's just the cost of doing business. So now you've got a mission statement, you've got an offer with a price point, you're ready to take payments. The easiest and best thing to do would be to reach out, make a list of people you know, who fit your ideal target audience, and just send them messages and say, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm doing this. I'd love to share more about it with you, learn what you're up to and see if this may be a fit for you or someone you know. Would you be open to that? And just send messages like that to those people, get on Zoom calls, ask great loving questions, make it about the other person. Like what's going on in your life right now? What's going on in your business right now? What's going on with your health or your marriage or whatever it is that you help people with and, and discover the present. Ask about the future. Like, what do you really want? What problems are holding you back? And if you think you can help them solve the problem, say, hey, I think I might be able to help you with this. Can I share it with you how I work with my clients? And share that offer that you designed and share the share mm -hmm. the price. So I, you'll get this, 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 and this. It costs this much. Is this something that you'd like to do? And if they say no, and you can love and respect them whether they say yes or no. And if you love and respect them whether they say yes or no, they'll love and respect you whether they say yes or no. And mm -hmm. if they say yes then great. You know, you say, awesome, let me collect your payment info and then we'll line up our first call and we can get started. If they say no, they got a question, you can say, well, tell me more about that. And you can investigate a little bit together and see if there's a solution that would be a win for both sides. And if there's not, you can say, I totally get it. It's not the right timing for anybody, for everybody. If this is something that you want to take a look at in the future, let me know. I'll always be here. I mean, that, that's it. We just have to be bold enough to have real conversations and be loving and if we're loving and we don't make it weird, then the people we know will be loving and they won't make it weird. Like we just need to be chill and ask good questions and make invitations. That's great. Yes. Thank you. I think that's all really, that'll be really inspiring and encouraging to so many people just that it's so simple. I mean, it, it might be hard it, it, like to do because of the mindset stuff, but it's simple. It really is just yeah. that simple. Um, yeah. So where can people learn more about you, connect with you, those kinds of things? Yeah, I mentioned it before. If, if they're interested in podcasts, they can listen to the Sales Strategies for Christian Coaches podcast. Sales Strategies for Christian Coaches. I talk about these kinds of things all the time in the podcast. It's just me speaking 10 to 20 minute episodes. Uh, and if they are interested in the sales process that we use, uh, I'll give them a free PDF with our sales mindset and our 10 step sales process so that they can read that and use that on their sales calls. And they can get that at www.goodsalespdf.com. Okay. And I'll include those links in the description below. Justin, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for all you shared and for the wisdom that you gave us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? 
To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.